0: Okay, so Alberto, if you could share with us uh, something unique and fun that you've eaten. It could be on a mission trip or it could be just something that that is traditional where you live. Uh, And so tell us about something fun that that you eat.
1: Great, sure. You know, uh, Dory, I did arrive in Oaxaca, Mexico uh, in 2015 uh, to serve as um, uh, country director for the water program in Oaxaca. In Puebla um, I remember uh, in a community where we worked rehabilitating uh, uh, a community uh, a, a complex water system um, we were the day of purification day you know after praying after celebrating with the church we were invited to have a lunch together with church leaders and community leaders and um, we they, we had uh, uh, kind of uh, appetizers. Um, uh, old, uh you know that little animal, chapulines. It's like grasshopper. Okay, grasshopper. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the 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 weirdest thing I've ever uh, eaten. Uh, roasted grasshopper. Uh, it was not for appetizer, and then we have the the other big, uh, you know, food for lunchtime. Yeah. Um, we were even uh, a, a soup, a chicken liver soup with uh, corn and chili. You know, yeah, it was like a you know, big bowl of soup bowl yeah. and and. I mean, a lot of chili. I had, to, I, had to eat it. Yeah. I
0: had
1: to eat it. I had no choice. But it was uh, uh, what we were offered by George and the community leaders to celebrate and dedicate right. Uh, right. <coughs> the campus water system that was rehabilitated.
0: Yeah, so grasshoppers and chicken liver soup, (laughs) there you go. Great, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: You should pray, you should pray. (laughs) Maybe someday I will. (laughs) Welcome to the Better Mission Trips podcast from Standards of Excellence and Short-Term Mission. I'm your host, Tori Ruark, and we believe that mission trips can and should be better. In fact, statistics suggest that maybe as many as 80% of short term missionaries are going out undertrained and underprepared. They're going out with the right heart, but they're not going out in the right way. In this podcast, we're going to discover together how to combine the right heart with the right way for God's glory. <laughs> All right. So, Alberto, uh, go ahead and introduce yeah. yourself. Us, uh, introduce yourself. Tell us uh, who you are. Uh, you know where you live. and Minister, uh, tell us about your ministry and who you minister with.
1: Well, I, um, I was born in Nicaragua um, more than fifty years ago, yeah. <laughs> and I worked uh, over the last um, twenty-eight years in five, six uh, uh, faith-based organizations, um, including Living Water, where uh, I've been working since 2015. And I arrived in Mexico to support the program in Mexico. And after a couple of years working in Puebla, Oaxaca, I was uh, assigned to support uh, the American Transition Program. Time to, you know, traveling Central America, and then I got back to, to Oaxaca and Guanajuato to, to um, support the implementation of the uh, uh, Lazo de Agua One Drop uh, program, which is uh, still you know in, in implementation phase. Mm-hmm. Is social uh, be, uh, it's a social work for behavior change. Yeah, that's the, the main approach. Man, what I'm Um after a couple of, I mean, in 2019, you know, I was assigned <clears throat> um, as a, a, a CCM, the Community Church Mobilization Regional Advisor for Living Water. So last year, before COVID-19, uh, before COVID-19, I was uh, traveling a lot yeah uh, through the through the region you know supporting all community and church mobilization initiatives um last year you no know, i uh, i spent almost uh, last year in, in costa rica where my my youngest mm-hmm. uh son lives, uh given uh, the lockdown you know the, uh confinamiento yeah. so uh i yeah, I jumped to Maui last month to spend Christmas here with my parents. Good, but uh, you know we're waiting for
0: for
1: you know the, the green
0: flag yeah. to start traveling again. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, aren't we all? Well, but this is great because we have <clears throat> a chance to talk about partnership, so that when we get the green flag, we can really do things well. And obviously, you have a lot of experience uh, in partnership mm-hmm. between um, churches, uh, and communities, uh, throughout, you know, Central America and the United States and Canada. So, uh, we're looking forward to learning, uh, from you about partnership, how you view it and, um, how you've seen it be successful. So, um, uh, I'll start <clears throat> off with a question here and just to you, what does it mean to be partners in ministry? Um, what does it mean to be a partner?
1: No, I think that, uh, to be partner is like, uh, to, to, uh, to be marriage. It's like a marriage, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, partnership requires, um, you know, it's like, I would say that, uh, you choose a partner if you have common goals. If you have common, a common, uh, shared mission, shared, mm-hmm. a common cause. You know, if you share, if you if you share with a partner with a person a you know a, the same intentions, the same values, the same commitment to create a partnership as an expression of a win-win relationship. Uh, I think that's what partnership means for me. Uh, I will mention three things you know. Number one, what does it mean? It means to have common goals, a separation mm-hmm. of a, a common values. Yeah. Uh, it means an opportunity to articulate a win win relationship, you know. Um framing partners they you know horizon way. And uh, number three, to recognize the importance of Promoting the love of God by sharing, uh, you know, the the values of the Kingdom of God. Yeah. For me, these these are the three uh, uh, pillars of uh, partnership. Yeah. In ministry.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, what um what is important in a partner? Uh, um, so obviously we talked about the part what partnership means, but. <clears throat> what mm-hmm. kind of qualities do you look for in a partner that um, that allow you to work together well?
1: Um, I think there are some critical um, values and attitudes and intentions that should be um, shared between uh, partners in order to become. Uh, um, partners, um, I think that honesty, motivation, and um, common understanding of what and why you know you're deciding to become partners, it's uh, a starting point. What is important? It is important that each one is willing and committed to doing their their best. Um, When one of the partners wants to take advantage of each other, you know, there is a partnership. Each partner brings their own unique resources, experiences, technical expertise, um, capabilities and credibility, you know, to enrich this partnership in um, and uh, So in other words, I'd say that there is a spirit of cl- complementarity. Mm-hmm. You know? Because if there is no... If we are not in the same spirit, if we are not sharing the same values, if we don't sh- share clarity, understanding, if we, if, if, if we are not on the same page in terms of understanding why we are here and what's the purpose what's the purpose of this partnership is so there is no way to um, l- uh, leveraging resources yeah so what is important in partnership honesty clarity. I, I know what am I supposed to do I know we know why we are committed to uh, this mission to accomplish in this mission you know, and we are uh willing to share and leverage to synergize you know resources and mm-hmm. capabilities i th- i think that's what is important in a partnership
0: yeah good good um so what um how, you know you mentioned partnership part of it is relationship and commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you um, build that kind of relationship and build the um, the trust in each other that we're both committed how have you seen that work between um, between partners especially in that cross-cultural context where you know they're maybe in different countries and they can't always be together in person uh, how have you seen that work out
1: a very difficult, you know. It's not an easy task uh, given the different perspective of uh, reality, different uh, ways and experiences and roles that we've been through, different denominations, different religious um, approaches, understanding of God, reality, Bible, etc. I think uh, uh, it's such a you know, Difficult task, mm. um, but I think that um, the you know at the core of any kind of partnership, but even more in terms uh, speaking of partnering with uh, churches and, and religious reserves, leaders, um, it, it is important to be a uh, trustful. Um honest, trustful, sustainable, and friendly relationships. Mm-hmm. There is no partnership if we if, if we're not friends, if we don't trust each other, if we do not respect each other. So how do how do you become partners? and say uh, by recognizing the need of working together, by understanding the need of working together in the same geographic area to accomplish a common goal. Yeah. If our common goal is community development, is uh, improving uh, access to wash services. If our common goal is to build up communi- uh, resilient communities. If our common goal is to, I mean, proclaim gospel of God. So, um, to- we. That's the first. Second step is to to understand that um, we have to invest time mm-hmm. in building, you know, a trustful relationship. That's the, the platform that holds any kind of partnership. And mm-hmm. um, trustful, honest, friendly uh, relationships uh, sustain um, any technical any, any kind of technical intervention in the community. Yeah. Um, We have to feed that kind of uh, relationship with, uh, you know, uh, empathic connections, um, um, rapport, harmonious relationships, um, awareness, self-development, dialogue, a lot of dialogue, a lot of dialogue with people in order to improve our understanding, our commitment, and the way we work together to accomplish one sure and common goal. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, this this might put you on the spot a little bit, but what have been some of the biggest challenges to building partnerships uh, that you've seen? So particularly in the case of um, are there are there things that you've seen, uh, particularly North American churches do uh, that um, that create misunderstandings that perhaps uh, look like dishonesty that, you know, even though they don't mean it that way or that that maybe communicate a lack of respect, um, mm-hmm. even if it's unintentional? Um, and are there some things that you can think of that are particularly particular challenges or that we should be really aware of? Uh, In partnerships, you mean challenges? Yeah, challenges.
1: Mm Hmm. Um, That's a good question. I think that um, if, if, uh, going back to the the example of being married, you know each other. If 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 we if we have no interconnected efforts, it is difficult to to become and to build you know, healthy relationship with your partners. Um, I think that one of the uh, the the biggest challenge is to share the same level of commitment. Uh, if, if, if it applies, you know to to uh, not only to understand the goal and what the horizon went to, be, the future resonating, but to become responsible at the same level, you know? Mm-hmm. Stop blaming each other. This is one of the difficult, of the most frequent things in the communities, you know? We start blaming the, 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 the pastor. We start, uh, we blame Um, um, the water committee, the school and health center, uh, delegate, uh, whoever. I think um, it is important to understand that, and that's the second challenge, that we have to avoid competition, you know? Competition uh, undermines um, uh, a healthy partnership, um if we avoid competition if we don't uh, if, we, if we i mean if we um get involved into a competition spirit mm-hmm. it's not possible to have a win-win relationship and the third challenge i think um would be the lack of willingness to uh, learn from our mistakes, you know, we have to. One of the reasons partnerships uh, fail is uh, that we don't learn from from our own mistakes. So we have to be open minded to learn from our, from uh, our our mistakes. You know, to um, being empathic open mind, creative to sustain uh uh to, to embrace you know these challenges and to overcome these challenges you know, transforming them into a um valuable uh, creative approaches yeah that's what i have in mind
0: yeah that's really good so it
1: requires story Discipline. It requires, I would say, self-development of our connection. We have to. Um, ah, that's that's one more one more thing I would add is time management. Uh, if we have no a calendar of activities, we're always you know stepping back, stepping back. Um, time has to be well managed by both. Uh, uh, partners, in order to s- to set priorities, okay? set priorities, and being aligned with these priorities to uh, optimize and capitalize efforts.
0: Yeah. Time management. Good, good. Um, <clears throat> so, what uh, what would what does a healthy relationship feel like? For uh, people, for for your side, for the receiving side of, of things, for the community side. So, if you had a, a partnership, uh, what what would make the the receiving partner feel like this is really healthy?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that um, a healthy partnership involves trust, respect, you know. Mm. Uh, clarity of purpose. Um, I like the word resonance. When there is resonance between partners, there is, uh, complementary of actions. Yeah. Duplication is avoided. That's important to, to avoid duplications. A healthy partnership, you know, uh, implies interconnection of efforts. Um, It implies, um, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, innovation, creativity, uh, to sustain a valuable partnership. Um, but it also, you know, healthy, healthy partnerships requires from partners to take risks. Uh, we used to avoid risk, uh, in everything we do, but you cannot uh, grow up without facing risk, without embracing risk, mm-hmm. and learning from risk, and learning from failures. And I think that calling a team, this context, this unpredictable scenario, uh, we have to face an avoidable, an avoidable risk. We have to face chaos, we have to uh, to face uh, adversity, and I think this is a, a, a situation that we shouldn't avoid. We have to, to take this as, as an opportunity, you know? embracing chaos mm. as an opportunity to identify and to discover new way of doing things, new way of uh, re- uh, uh, expressing internal mission. new ways of uh, uh, embracing spirituality, you know, a new ways of working together. I think this is an opportunity
0: for that. Yeah. Good. Good. So, um, thinking about, uh, for a second on the other side, something that we often say is people don't know what they don't know. So sometimes we could be in a situation and something is happening and we don't even see it. It's like a blind spot. So, Mm-hmm. what would be signs perhaps of an unhealthy re- uh, partnership and an unhealthy relationship? Um, you know, because maybe some, uh, some groups think, Oh yeah, our partnership is fantastic. Meanwhile, the other people might be thinking this is not working. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, are there kind of some things that we could be aware of uh, uh, or uh, yeah, some things that we could be aware of that would be a sign of an unhealthy partnership?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, <clears throat> most of time, uh, faith-based organizations uh, fail. Uh, I mean, in because we don't we don't spend enough time previous to uh, starting a partnership mm. relationship. There is a pre Partnership stage that we do not include in our uh, uh, strategies and, and community plans. Um, I want to tell you a story. Uh, 2017, uh, I did visit a, a church, Lea de Dios, in Esquintela, Guatemala, 2017, um, to get involved as uh, to participate in to a living uh, uh, water trip, mm-hmm. um, there was a group of American brothers sisters who came from state to drill a well. You know, during the week, so I went to the to this to this uh, to that uh, church. They were there, there was, there were they were planning to drill that well in the church patio. You know? mm-hmm. So, um, we started organizing. Uh, how to do it uh, we we met the the, the pastor we met the community leaders authorities etc so and we started working you know with the group and the team really well but uh, <clears throat> i turned back and i look at the pastor he was the uh, uh, <laughs> um but he he was not participating to yeah. In this, you know, very well. So I came to, to Pastor Mario Aviles, was his name, you know, Pastor Ade Aviles. I asked him, why, why are you not uh, taking, you know, advantage of the brilliant experience, you know, to promote church mission, church engagement in line with, uh, you know, mission et cetera? Um And he said, um, he looked at me and he said, um, what are you talking about? Uh, and, and, and Pastor Aviles said I think that changed what I uh, thought about uh, church mobilization. He said to me, No one has invited me, nor has anybody explained to me why I should do it. Why? I should participate in dream well, and how to do it, and how to do it. So I remember, uh, it, it reminded me, you know, of the, don't you know how to say in English, uh, Unique, who said, how can I understand the, the scriptures if no one explained them to me? Right. Do you remember that passage? Yep. Is it a Unuco? Is it Unique? I think. Yeah. I'm not sure how to say that. Um, so I, I, it reminded me, I, I think that uh, we uh, assume, you know, we take, we used to take by, you know, by granted that pastors, rural pastors in rural communities and rural small churches understand what we do, you know, and that's a big mistake. It yeah. is important for us to connect church vision with information by raising awareness of church leaders, by promoting and shaping the level of ownership, yeah. commitment. And the most important, you know, uh, pastors and church leaders, I mean, they have to understand what the meaning of getting involved in wash and hygiene and sanitation and drilling a well uh, 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 at, what's the meaning is for, for the churches. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, a kind of a community activity. Then the group uh, leaves the community and the church, you know, step back to the previous uh, stage. Timing, uh, I mean, investing time in this stage, not previous, yeah. uh, uh, week is uh, are crucial. It's yeah,
0: crucial. I think you're probably right. I think there probably are lots of partnerships that um, are a little one sided because uh, because one partner doesn't feel invited in or really understand in a way that they can take ownership. So I, th- I think you're right. That's exactly. Good. Yeah, so yeah, but that's our
1: mistake because we have a very cold, you know, perspective. Of
0: yeah, yeah, that
1: experience.
0: So, what would what kind of recommendation would you have for people in that kind of pre-partnership phase um, to to build that um, that understanding and that relationship? Um, how could they handle that time? What suggestion would you have for them to do? before they jump into activity in a partnership?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, we used to limit our participation uh, in that previous stage to the idea of mapping potential churches and leaders. But I think that, uh, 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 as I mentioned before, once we identify a church leader, a pastor, we've motivated, uh, I mean, to understand and to participate in church mobilization, uh, um, community uh, watch activities. You have to, you have to be, you have to become friends. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to become friends of, 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 uh, uh church leaders you have to you have to invest time in knowing each other in listening that church because you are not selling a project you know you are convincing people to embrace a common goal embrace the kingdom of God um expression of the community and they so most of them, they want to do it, but they don't feel you know uh, comfortable enough to to mm. move forward because we we used to to uh, to to deal with them as if they were beneficiaries and not partners right so they partners are at the same level you know we have to they have to become involved since the beginning, since the, the the stage of, I mean, the first step, designing the strategy, you know, uh, designing how to move uh, who's with me uh, on board, you know, knowing each other, uh, shaping goals, uh, setting a common dynamic uh, is important. It's important to... And, and it is even important to know the creative perception of of that church. That's important, you know. Um, going, in other words, going beyond the project framework uh, in order to to uh, to become friends. You know, that's uh, uh, that's critical. Um, if we don't recognize each other as a Members of uh, Body of Christ, as brothers and sisters and friends, um, it's difficult to to uh, to I mean to be on the same page in terms of uh, healthy partnership.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I I, I love that um, the emphasis on relationship and on uh, the equality that one isn't a beneficiary, and one is a giver, um, but they they equally, um, equally give and, and to that common goal. So I like that.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, Absolutely. you know, I think, uh, I think often it's, again, thinking about that kind of giver and benefit beneficiary relationship. It, a lot of times it's easy to think about what, uh, partners might bring, um, from the north american side a lot of times it's been money uh or mm-hmm. um you know people to come and do work or things like that so i, I think often the challenge isn't in that side but the challenge is um, how do uh, what does it look like for that community partner uh, that hosting partner to be able to be an equal participant um how do they Give maybe how do they give back into the partnership um, that that maybe hasn't happened in the past? Um, do you mind repeating the question? Yeah, uh, I think we're used to the sending church partner um, uh, contributing to the partnership. And at okay. least, and we see what that contribution can be. It's, it's very easy to see because usually it's the amount of money they give or the amount of people that go. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, in what ways do does that hosting partner, uh, maybe a church in Nicaragua, in what way do they contribute or can they contribute to the partnership?
1: Okay, as equal partners. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, we have to uh, we have to give them the opportunity to express their contribution as equal partners, and um, not only as uh, beneficiaries of our participation, you know, our, or our projects. Um, it's important to uh, to uh, understand that churches, community, local churches are the main protagonists of this uh, of this uh, um, um, experience, you know. maybe water or whoever who comes from outside the community plays a role of, you know, being facilitator. Uh-huh. so a facilitator role. But big water does not belong to the community, you know. The church has been in the community for years, for decades, you know. And the church has um, um, not only um, uh, credibility, mm-hmm. but also churches are key partners in terms of uh, given that since they have a, a deep local knowledge of the community, they address spiritual, spiritual, emotional needs of the communities. Okay. So churches <clears throat> have mm-hmm. a abilities of uh, uh, status in the communities um, they can definitely contribute to promote interrelation um, and, and mobilizing communities to identify good practices, learning and innovations. But I think that uh, we used to, to minimize uh, churches as um, protagonists of these uh, Experience. I think we, we have to be more uh, humble to learn from church local experience. Churches um, have a lot of experience working in uh, uh, in the region, contributing uh, contributing to uh, social. Uh, physical and spiritual development, development of uh, vulnerable communities, promoting intermission, raising awareness, facing adversities, uh, you know, empowering communities, proclaiming the gospel of God, expressing the love of God, uh, sharing good practices, learnings, and innovating in a uh, uh, context of adversity. So. There is a, a richness in the churches that we have to embrace and take into account to design a strategy. That's the, you know, the the, the bridge. Yeah. Is, uh, church leaders to make them feel uh, partners.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the challenge because sometimes uh, we come in with what we think is a great idea. And we want to, uh, and, mm-hmm. and we want to sell that great idea. And maybe we don't take the time to get to know our partner, and uh, allow them to share their knowledge about their community, and and their heart for their community. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing is that we have no time. We lack of
1: time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have outputs. We have uh, goals to accomplish, reports. So there is no time to. Um, to get deeper into church experience and knowledge,
0: yeah, of the context yeah, yeah. The that's that's a that. good word. That's a good word. We're we're hurried and rushed. So yeah, we're hurrying exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. This has been good. I, I've enjoyed uh, kind of picking your brain. So you've been many many different places across uh, Central America, and I'm sure other places too. And and while not every place is the same in Central America. Mm-hmm. Um what um if if you could make general you know general uh general assumptions about the culture of Central America what was what's really important to you as a central american in mm-hmm. a a partner what advice would you have to somebody who wanted to build a partnership with you so what advice would you have for them uh that could be something like What's important to you that your partner understands? Um, Or it could be, uh, you know, what's important for your partner to do that will make you feel um, uh, like you have the ability to share? Um, So what words of advice would you have for people who are interested in a partnership with somebody in Central America?
1: um well I think that <clears throat> number one it is important to understand that uh, you arrive right, uh, in a region of uh, you know, uh a volatile scenario we're landing in a volatile scenario which is unpredictable mm-hmm. uh, and you have to uh, change you, you need a new you need a, you need to 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 a, a, a paradigm shift you need a new mindset in terms of overcoming rigid rigid way of thinking uh-huh. rigid patterns um, transforming your rigid patterns into Uh, uh, innovative uh, mind. So from rigidity into flexibility, there is important to to that transition, you know. Um, If you align to a rigid uh, way of doing things uh, without taking into account local context, local initiative, local dynamic and these unpredictable variables in terms of uh, political, social, economic, um, and emotional dynamics, uh, it is uh, not possible to connect with local local partners. Um, number two, uh, mm. as you mentioned, you know, the, to avoid that uh, eager, beneficiary approach, uh, And changing that uh, way of uh, uh, perceiving partnership uh, by you know uh, by connecting with people from a non-fragmented approach. Um, You know how to say this? We used to 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 understand reality by you know by. Uh, connecting different pieces,
0: yeah,
1: uh, like a puzzle, you know. Different pieces, at random pieces. Uh, we used to do a lot, but all these uh, different pieces are uh, are not connected. We need to um, to make an effort to uh, understand uh, uh, church and community mobilization in this context. As an experience of empathic interconnections, yeah. and it demands it requires from from us to uh, to uh, you know to to reconfigure our our mind, our approach. And number three, I would say that's critical to embrace uh, chaos you know, and as an opportunity. As an opportunity, yeah. we have to give local people the control yeah. <laughs> of these variables. Uh, if we want to have the control all the time, um, we are still looking from up down partnership as a giver to uh, we're right here to help our local beneficiaries. I think that's the uh, biggest mistake. Uh, we need to have the same patience. Not only common needs, uh, but the same intentions, open to dialogue, uh, open mind, rapport, harmonious relationship, empathic relationships. We need to share the same values. We need to be um, honest. Mm-hmm. We need to be true, you know, in what we do. Otherwise, you know, people here in, in Latin America, Central America are very... Um, smart to identify if you are, uh, pretending, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, uh, if this word is too strong, faking, uh, huh. yeah. Pretending to be, uh, someone who, who, who you're not. Right. So that, that's my, my experience. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: that's very good. Thank you for sharing. So, uh, I want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about living water international. And you've mentioned a few times though, the wash programs, uh, I, that stands for water and sanitation and hygiene. Is that right?
1: Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> so
0: tell us a little bit about, uh, what living water does in in communities and, um, and and then maybe if you know how uh, people could connect with Living Water. Okay. Um, well, uh, Living
1: Water uh, has, a, I mean, a mandate uh, in every community where Living Water works. Uh, with WASH projects or WASH activities, we have to mobilize communities and mobile ambition and, and mobilize local churches to uh, take effective action in wash um, programs as an expression of the integral mission of, of the church. Mm-hmm. So it means that uh, in partnership with church uh, churches, living water in partnership with uh, local churches, we start a process of, uh, envisioning, equipping, and setting church mobilization groups to, uh, start revitalize or enhance, enhance existing communities, uh, water committees and counterparts and government institutions and local churches. I mean, to improve, uh, uh, holistic development uh, um, in, in those communities, but the church has a greater role in terms of um, you know um, proclaiming gospel yeah. and proclaiming the love of God as an expression of uh, interal mission. Yeah, you know? mission which includes proclamation, gospel proclamation, and gospel demonstration yeah. in the community. So we have a a methodology, a model model called Flourish, a Flourish model that aims at engaging churches into promoting WASH initiatives as a proclamation and demonstration of of the gospel. You know, this um, uh, model has four components, you know, Um, WASH, Bible story, most significant change stories, an integral mission. And it has um, three, this, this process has three uh, uh, sequential stages. This one is envisioning, and within the church. This is the stage to start building partnership with yeah. churches, building trustful relationships, facilitating church envisioning, facilitating church envisioning workshops, setting up uh, a church mobilization groups, you know, building and promoting church unity uh, for collective impact. The second stage, once the church is envisioned and equipped, uh, the church, we facilitate, we lead in water, facilitate, facilitate church and community coordination by uh, engaging, you know, uh, mm-hmm. these uh, church leaders with uh, the water committee, community water, mm-hmm. uh, local water committee, um, to, with the purpose of uh, developing a community wash plan, so the church facilitators um, participate with the community with the wash uh, community uh, wash committee, the community in uh, articulating a wash plan. So the church leaders church facilitators uh have a role, specific role in that specific community to accomplish mm. common goals. Yeah. That's the that, that's that's the second partnership, you know. The first, the first one is the partnership between Little Water and local church leaders and the second partnership as a colonial tech so the first one is the partnership and the relationship and the coordination between the church uh, mobilisation group with the uh, water committee. And the third stage is planning and taking action for WASH. You know, it includes, uh, you know, mobilization, uh, uh, training. Uh, I remember in in Oaxaca, there was a a, a network of churches called Icipar, Iglesia de Cristo, something like that, Uh, Christ Churches. They, they, they decided to uh, to set up um, and to establish you know, a group, advocacy group mm-hmm. of uh, pastors, you know, six, seven pastors uh, that were uh, uh, set up a, a, a advocacy group. And they decided to mobilize between different communities to uh, support other churches, even Catholic churches and some yeah. other denominations and faith, uh, different faith uh, denominations, churches, in order to prevent stigma and discrimination of uh, people affected by COVID-19. Oh, wow. So it was a, a very, you know, interesting experience, you know, uh, uh, as an expression of... Uh, uh, Interim
0: yeah. in in Oaxaca. Yeah, that's excellent. So the, yeah, and so people can yeah. go to the website to learn more about Living Water if they're interested in becoming a partner with Living Water. Uh, the website is at water dot cc. Is that correct?
1: Water cc. Mm-hmm. All right,
0: excellent. And we'll put that kind of uh, in the notes with this podcast so that people can uh, can discover. Living Water International and see what they're doing around the world and see about joining as a partner. So, good, well... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Albert, totally thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking some time and sharing with us your perspective on partnership.
1: It's been my pleasure. God bless you, Tori, and thanks for inviting me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Better Mission Trips podcast from Standards of Excellence in Short-Term Mission, or SOE for short. For more information or resources about how to make your mission trips better, or even to become a member of SOE, visit us at our website, soe.org. And a special thank you to Melissa White for producing this episode.